two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Betsy, it's happened again. Um, um, the I ma- didn't do it, whatever it was. You, I wasn't even here. There's, I was with a guy. That's all 100% true, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, another massacre has happened in my backyard. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Yours is the yard of the death. Yes. Yes. Love to have just blood and guts everywhere. Were there guts? I thought it was just bloody feathers. Well, yes. This time there were bloody feathers and pieces. Yeah, and we tried. Uh, we tried watching it on the camera because from the time yeah. I got home to the time I saw the feathers, it couldn't have been more than twenty minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the camera was offline at that time, of course. And uh, yeah, something came in and plucked a bird to smithereens. Wow. Well, I wish I could say I knew what it was, but I simply do not. I can say this much. Um, you know how usually we have peregrine falcons that roost on the library every year? Mm-hmm. We have the soap opera to beat all soap operas. So apparently Squawker, who's been nesting on the library for like something ridiculous, like 15 years, right? So Squawker had a new poopsie about two, three years ago. She was freshly out of her juvenile feathers. So, you know, a younger woman. But she seemed to learn the ropes and they were doing okay. And then this year... An even younger woman has shown up and literally nobody's mating with nobody. Nobody's trying to make an egg. They've gone. They've gone, baby. They're not even on my library now. They were for a little bit. And then lady number two came in and that home wrecker wrecked the home. (laughs) So I'm not getting any cool little eggs to watch. And I'm a little upset. So I think they've all moved to your backyard. And, and they're, they're taking just it out on feast. each other. They're having a little feast here. But um, yeah, there's no good transition for that. So I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna attempt it. Nope. Who are you? I am Kate. And that's right. <laughs> yep. And I am Betsy. There's not much more to be said about nope. that. And this is Fuse Eight and Gate. Uh this is the weekly podcast where we talk about children's books and uh whether or not they're classics or not. And people will listen to this only if they choose to like this particular book. Oh wow, yes, there this will be true because this will be a very interesting one. Remember, last week you challenged me to bring one that might not uh be a classic. Now I literally don't know if you will like this or not. This is gonna be a little bit of a shocker, but Famously, you are younger than me, yes. I am six years younger. Correct. Did you ever, this was a bit after your time, but did you ever watch the Arthur TV show on PBS? Maybe like an episode? Because you were a bit old for it when it started coming out. Yeah, I so. think I might have seen it if I was like babysitting. Well, a uh, little known fact that that series, well, it's not little known that it was based on books. It was based on books. But the very first Arthur book came out in 1976. And uh, so put put in your head an image of that TV show. And now I'm going to pull out the book. Okay. Arthur, oh, Arthur's Nose. Yes, by Mark Brown. Now, 
when you picture the Arthur TV show, did he look like this? No. No. He had a much smaller nose. In fact, people will compare John Legend to Arthur. That will tie into a lot of extra information that I'm going to be providing today. So let's put a pin in that. I'm going to return to that in a little bit. Um, certainly Michael Jackson has been compared to uh, Arthur in that. Well, we'll we'll get to it. Okay. But in the meantime, uh, why don't you take uh, Arthur here and oh. that nose of his? Okay. All right. While Kate does her read, let's do a little background information on our dear friend Arthur. So just to top the entire thing off, uh, let me direct your attention to a 2012 article in the Dallas Morning News. Now, this article was called, and I quote, Mark Brown on Arthur's nose job and other vital issues. Writer Michael Marshall uh, interviewed Mark Brown, and this was at a time when, as you might recall, Arthur's nose just got smaller and smaller and smaller over the years. So, as he reports, the most asked question that Mark Brown gets. Why did Arthur's nose get smaller over the years? And here's his reply. It wasn't anything I did on purpose, he explained. I just drew him over 35 years and he got more lovable. It's a little bit like the Michael Jackson story. I'm just going to put that on the table and back away slowly. And you're back. I'm back. Hello. I read a book. What do you, what do you knows about it? Uh, yeah, uh, that was terrible. Yeah, that was bad. That was good. Literally bad. Uh, so first question, um, is Arthur an anteater or an aardvark? So my belief is that he's an aardvark. Uh, that was my understanding. He was Arthur the aardvark. I'm pretty sure I've only ever heard him referred to as an aardvark and not an anteater. What is the difference between an anteater and an aardvark? I've always been a little unclear on that. Uh, there's multiple things that differentiate them. Mm, However, yeah. uh, neither animal has great vision. Well, that makes sense because the subsequent uh, Arthur book was Arthur's Eyes, where he has to get glasses. Yeah, there yeah, you go. There you go. Uh, interesting baby anteater fact. Uh, oh. When an anteater is born after six months in the womb, it climbs onto its mother's back and stays here for almost a year. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> that sounds about right. I don't know that human babies are that good at the grip, but uh, it sure feels like they're on your back for, oh, I'm going to say 18 years. But, I think it's more like 18 years. But yeah. you said he's an aardvark, so here's a fun aardvark Ooh, okay. fact. All right, uh, yeah. Aardvark means earth pig in Afrikaans. Oh, very nice. Very nice. He has a much longer nose than a pig, so. Well, he's an earth pig. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just reading today about an animal that's called a sea cow. So there you go. All right. Uh, so the very first uh, page of this book says, this is Arthur's house. And I'm like, mm, technically, that's Arthur's parents' window. <laughs> and technically, he doesn't own that house. And technically, this is a bird in a nest who couldn't give a crap about <laughs> anything. The bird is looking at you like, what? He just, just doesn't care. No, no, he doesn't. 
So it's like, leave me out of this. So we meet the Arthur and his family uh-huh. through portraits. Strange black and white portraits for some reason. Yeah. Because this is 1976 and all the formal portraits were black and white back then. Sure. Sure. Uh, so he's got parents and he's got a little sister and it says they all love Arthur and they all like his nose. So they don't love his nose. They love him. Well, they, they have don't... his nose. I mean, his nose is identical to their nose. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But one day he decides he doesn't like his nose because he has a cold and it gets all like runny and red. And I'm looking at his bedroom and I'm like, does he not own toys appropriate to his age? Because these Hmm. look like toys for a toddler and he's supposed to be in the first grade. Could be like a model airplane that he put together or something, maybe. The block. The block is like, the block is serious, especially because he has a younger sibling. The, toy the block truck? has been under that bed since he was a very small child, and no one has ever cleaned this room out. I can tell you that right now. Okay. I just thought it was kind of weird that he owns a bunch of toys for like you know, a three-year-old. My <laughs> seven-year-old owns a ton of toys in a bins in his closet that we haven't gone through that are way not appropriate for his age anymore. So I am, I'm going to feel lenient on this one. I'm like, you know what? They haven't done a, a cleaning in a couple years. Yeah, let it go. All right. So he goes to school and it's just this one chick who really is the bully of the story. Francine. Yeah. She complains about his nose uh, being too, like, too much in her personal space Mm -hmm. because he sits behind her and he can, like, essentially breathe in her ear. Yeah. He might be breathing in her hair, in her hair, in her ear. Yeah. But I love the, this page with, like, all the students and the teacher because the very last seat looks like the most <laughs> depressed Winnie the Pooh I've ever seen. You know what? I don't even think he's depressed. I think he is just totally checked out. He's like, y'all do what you're doing. I got my own thing going on over here. Also, what's up with the teacher, like, flipping out over this interaction? Like, she has never seen two people not get along before, and she is just appalled by this maybe it's her first year teaching and she's not quite sure how to resolve this because she's never had a student breathe onto on a... the neck of the other yeah <laughs> right. that's the worst yeah um so yeah he's he has a really hard time playing hide and seek because the kids can see his nose and mm-hmm. and it says his friends thought his nose was funny it's it's just francine who's making fun of him yeah for one thing there's like a stork there who's got a much longer beak than his nose so and yeah. it's never the bear the the winnie the pooh guy yeah is his, like his best friend uh-huh, uh-huh he he stands up for him he supports him mm-hmm. but like they, does he get a name no name and he's not worth it i call not him worth winnie it. okay understood <laughs> understood no name but no name bear it's just one chick that's making fun of him yeah that's all yeah but because of this one chick, he decides, I'm going to go get a nose job. See, that's a whole... Okay, so can I just say that surgery should not be your first option uh, in, in when there is something physically about you. And this comes up a lot with, with kids being pressured by their parents to have bariatric surgery. And when, like, you know, younger than the age of 12 and like all sorts of like surgery in children, unless it's a necessity... There should not be any cosmetic surgery done on kids. Uh, I'm just going to go out there and say that. It's interesting because the book says he goes, he tells his friends he's going to go see a rhinologist. Rhinologist. Right. Rhinologist. Yeah. Rhinologist. And uh, and his friends were very surprised. Well, 
maybe his true friends are surprised, but yeah. Francine's like, you should have been there yesterday. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, But while he's telling his friends this, he's holding a like a gift bag full of feathers, and I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> I am absolutely baffled. Are they feathers or are they rubber gloves? I, I mean, I don't even... And why would you have a bag full... Bag full of rubber gloves means you're a serial killer, quite frankly. So I don't know Bag full of feathers that means that he killed his... I don't know... Neighbor? Is that why the bird is like frowning at him? Like, what you got in the bag there? Also, he go okay. So he goes to see this doctor, but if his parents said at the very beginning of the story that they like his nose, why yeah. would they take their kid to a plastic surgeon? As far as I can tell, the parents are nowhere in sight. He somehow managed to convince him that he's over the age of twenty-one and that he is completely well, capable. Of, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and he's completely capable of making this. Medical decision, decision himself a first yeah. grader i mean do you think the the, the rhino because of course it's a rhino just right. a rhino do you think she's just humoring him like maybe she's like you know what like this the reception is like you want me to throw him out of his ear she's like you know what let, let me talk to him i i think i can persuade him that this is not a great idea on his part i don't know i don't know because i love the photographs behind so, her head right so they're behind the doctor there are these pictures like actual photographs of i guess famous noses yeah i can I see guess, yeah. lassie uh-huh. i'm assuming that's supposed to be like Cyrano de bergerac yeah. but then there's three others there's wc fields is in the middle between lassie and and uh wc fields and I... maybe that's supposed to be barbara streisand oh um, maybe i see i thought it was liza minnelli and i was just baffled but you know streisand is a really good guess yeah so yeah we we should put this up on instagram and people can yeah because and... who is there's, hand me that one. Let me take it. There's one more that we can't quite identify, so maybe we should put it on Instagram and have people put in their two cents. I literally have no idea who that was. It Proust. I have no idea who that guy is. Yeah. Okay. All right. You all have to tell us who that that guy is. So Doctor Louise decides to uh, give him a bunch of different pictures so he can quote unquote try on different noses. See, and this is where I'm thinking that she is totally trying. Like she would not actually give people these noses on a normal basis she's giving them to him to convince him that he wants to keep his own nose well she's here's like, the thing oh, yeah, they're not the just noses that she's has in these photographs they're noses mouths jaws yeah it's an essentially like a face transplant yeah it's a yoga so, yes that is exactly what this is so there's like a chicken a fish a koala bear uh elephant a hippopotamus. Is there, but a, is there an anteater in there somewhere? Uh, no. <laughs> no, but there is an alligator, which made me wonder, like, what if he told the doctor, I want to go with the alligator. What Give me she, the gator. What is she going to do? Like a cross-species nose-mouth-jaw transplant? I mean, I can't even... We take the skin from your thigh and create <laughs> an alligator snout. Like, where do the teeth come from? Just alone. Where right. It's an entire, from? like... And it's green, and how is that going to match with the rest? Of- anyway, it's a, it's a, it's poorly thought out plan. This is why I'm thinking she's not legit when she's handing these to him. I don't know. We don't know like what these kind are of fun cards she's running. These are fun cards that she gives to kids maybe when they're waiting for their parents patience, to be done. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe she's she needs desperate. the money. You know, maybe she, yeah, that's true. If she's seen Arthur, then she desperately needs the money. Yeah. So all the all of his classmates are sitting outside of the doctor's office because they got this is a small town. They literally have nothing else to do. And uh, the only one that, again, is, like, actually concerned, I think, for Arthur himself is Winnie the Pooh here. Yes. Because he says, I'm going to miss Arthur's old nose, which I'm like, oh, you're so sweet. Though there are the cats 
who are like, maybe he won't want to play with us. Yeah, these cats who have like not been in this book at all. They've been in moment. the book. Were they in the class scene? Yeah. Okay, they were They're in the class scene. in the back. But they weren't playing with him like before. Like usually it was just like stork bear Francine usually. Right. Francine is over here like, do you think his nose is going to look better than mine? And I just want to be like, yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. Can I just tell and you? You're gonna have to live with that fact Francine, for the rest of your life. <laughs> Francine is based on the author's sister, so oh. I don't like she has the same hair. I don't know what that means about his relationship with his sister. Jeez, so. uh, but right. So the bear is really his only real friend because yeah. when Arthur comes he out, doesn't even get a name, and and he says, you know, I tried on every nose there was, but it's just not me without my nose. The bear says, it's a nice nose. Thanks, bear. That's a, that is a supportive friend. Right. And then what's, you, uh, what's Francine there, sir? Francine's like, I still want to change my seat at school. Wow. You literally cannot say one nice thing. No. That is all she thinks about is herself. Yeah, exactly. That's all she yeah. can think about. But everyone else seems, you know, relatively supportive, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and then they take a class photo together and everyone's looking at him and happy that he's, you know, I guess proud of his nose. Proud I, that he didn't get surgery yeah the end (laughs) it's interesting because the entire point of the book is when the hero fails to do something Mm -hmm. like usually in these cases it's like you know and then the because and it has this like sort of the hero's dream like you know he resists the call and then he's like no i'm going to do something about my problem but in this case the, the point is like i'm going to do something about my problem that was stupid I will do literally nothing and stay exactly the same. And that's the, the big climax of the book is the failure to act. Yep. Yeah. So that's fun. All right. There is, there is so much to dive into with Arthur. The Arthur TV show is what most people know Arthur about. And uh, it's run since 1996 until now. I kid you not. Uh, it may be going on more than 200 episodes. It is the longest-running children's animated series in the U.S., and it is the second-longest-running animated series in the United States at all uh, behind... Simpsons? Correct. So it's longer than South Park, which I did not realize. I thought South Park was number two, but no, apparently it goes Simpsons, Arthur, South Park. Uh, The show has covered asthma, dyslexia, cancer, diabetes, the autism spectrum. Nose jobs. (laughs) Yeah, kind of, kind of failed to, uh, kind of failed to touch on the whole nose job thing. So, lots of people have loved it. Uh, I believe in 2014, Chance the Rapper released an interpretation of the theme song uh, alongside Wyclef Jean and Jesse Ware. But and of course, uh, you remember there was that spinoff, Postcards for Buster. Uh, which was very controversial because I believe Buster's parents were gay on the show and then all these people were objecting to it. And like, oh, it only lasted like three seasons, so it was not particularly successful. But a lot of people are asking, is the show racist? So uh, the reason they asked them about is because of Francine, who you noticed was a monkey. Yes. Uh, she had a long tail, but she was clearly a monkey. She's on the show. She is initially sort of set up as his main antagonist. Um, so... The first thing is that she, I believe she is voiced by someone who is black. Um, there are very interesting episodes like where the rich girl, Muffy, tries to get her hair done and it puffs out into an afro. Uh, but she is also, her father's the garbage man, She, which she's embarrassed about. 
Um, she's the only one who shares uh, a room with her sister. She's, they're always talking about how uh, poor she is. So a lot of people are like, uh, you're kind of reinforcing stereotypes here. Um, then there were the other milder issues that haven't really been talked about that much. This book was Arthur's Eyes, the sequel I was mentioning earlier, was read on Reading Rainbow. Uh, would you like to guess who read it? Who? Bill Cosby. So that's fun. Ooh. Uh yeah, that's that's always that's always some good stuff there. But you know, generally speaking, um, it is still popular to this day, and many, 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 many children have grown up with it. It's sort of the it kind of perfectly timed. It's kind of the post Mr. Rogers. It's one of the few shows that actually talks about, you know, those emotion type things that kids go through. Okay. Or so I hear. Yes. <laughs> Ratings time. You go first. Okay, so what's funny about this book, because it came out in 1976, it still has this weird post-60s psychedelic kind of like gritty look to it. The colors are just a little bit odd. And and it's got like, look at people's hair. Like there's these weird like lines when they do the hair. There's that mixed media thing where they have like the actual photographs mixed in with the drawing and and there's just some kind of strange angular uh things sequences i really prefer this style to his much more very safe uh very very neat style that he came up with later so for the style i'm a big fan i think it's pretty cool but this book goes literally nowhere the character uh the entire plot is character liked nose had teasing, didn't like nose, decided liked nose, end of story. And that's not much of a story. Um, so, you know, for the art, uh, I'm going to give it a, a sweet 3.5. Wow. Yeah, maybe up uh, 3.75. You know what? I'm going to do that. But for the writing itself, it's, it's, it's not memorable, particularly. If it wasn't for the fact that it's ironic that it's about his nose and then later he completely lost that nose, thereby trumping the entire point of this book. Um, apparently, Arthur, all you have to do is exist for a little while and then your nose will just, like, shrink back into your head anyway. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not great lit. Yourself? Uh, I wrote down, so the moral's supposed to be be proud of what you look like, but only after you've exhausted all other options. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> plastic surgery isn't always about vanity. Some people get nose jobs to breathe easier or exactly. stop snoring. But this is a first grader who doesn't have health problems. He's just uncomfortable with his nose because of one bully. Yeah, one bully who, yeah. I'm all about stories that encourage kids to accept and love their physical traits, but this seems to miss the mark a bit, so I gave it a four. With our scores combined, it is not a not classic. Not a classic. No. Sorry, Arthur, you'll have to be content with your millions of dollars from the <laughs> show instead. All right, letters time. Ooh. All right, first up from Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi, Betsy and Kate. Hello. I recently discovered your podcast when I was looking for some resources on colonialism and picture books to share with a teacher at my school. I'm a K-8 school librarian, and I have been enjoying it so much. Aww. My kids have even started asking to listen to it in the car. Aww. We are cherry-picking episodes for books we like rather than listening in any particular order. 
thank you for keeping it mostly clean so they can listen along. You are mostly welcome. (laughs) We all just happen to be listening to your 2018 episode on Miss Nelson is Missing on our way to school today. And then while I was sorting through some old class sets of books in preparation for discarding and moving some books around to make way for new library furniture, woohoo, I came across these old copies of your aforementioned Miss Nelson sequels. Thought it was too much of a coincidence not to share. Thanks for all the laughs. Can't wait to keep listening. Liz. Aw, that's nice. Oh, P.S. Oh. My personal copy of Outside Over There is one that a librarian I formerly worked with decided to weed because it was, quote, too creepy for her younger students. Yep. I snatched it up because I remembered it from my own childhood. It is weird, but it sticks in your brain. That's, That's true. It's true. It does stick in your brain. And then we had two comments, um... To that sort of idea of cherry-picking episodes. Uh, Mm -hmm. So first one from Rockin' Librarian, who we've had on the show before, I believe. I want the listener who is having trouble listening to podcasts after she lost her commute to know that podcasts are the greatest motivator I have found for getting household chores done. I just got all the laundry folded and put away listening to this one. I did not do that yesterday because I was waiting for a Fuse 8 and Kate episode to do it to. Jeez Louise, Anyway, it works for me. I hope it works for others too. Thank you, madam. And then from Emma. I started listening regularly about six months ago, and my method has been to listen to new episodes as they're released, and if I'm doing something like stuffing craft kits and have more listening time in my week, have been working backwards. I've made it to pre-pandemic times, which says a lot about how much time I spend on craft kits. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Nice. Yeah. Wow. I, liked, I liked how they all fit together like little puzzle pieces. Make, I mean, we have like five listeners now. That's I awesome. know, right? <laughs> and they write everything. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud. Grown-up things we like. Okay, so I am finally on the Outlander train. Choo-choo. That's <laughs> it. A train left the station a really long time ago. <laughs> I just jumped on board. Wow, you're and in the I'm, caboose. I'm digging it, man. It's on Netflix, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I and I just we just finished watching season one. Okay, but I had watched The Crown earlier, and the, oh. the guy who plays the villain on Outlander plays Prince Philip in The Crown. How appropriate! So I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> how? Wait, you're supposed to? He's wait. secretly the prince all along. <laughs> So for anyone who's not familiar with Outlander, it takes place at right after World War II about a British woman who's on her honeymoon in Scotland, and she just happens to travel back in time Awkward. to the 1700s. Um, it's based on romance novels, but um, for... Wow. Thickest romance novels you ever saw. These puppies are like Harry Potter size. Yeah. But it's not like like Twilight. I mean, oh, it, no. it's no, no, no. my fiance is totally into it. It's It's got fighting and death and... Kilts. And kilts, kilts, and there's some romance, but um, 100% recommend put on those subtitles yeah. because you can't understand a word <laughs> they're saying. Not with our Americanness. Well, and they speak a lot of Gaelic too. So shooting in though. Right. Well, that's surely that's subtitled. Uh, no, it's not. What? Nope, they just leave that out. Oh, that's <laughs> that's a whole thing right there. Um, but the show's inspired me to look further into our clan, and it's I'm going to wear our tartan at. Uh, our wedding so right. that will be uh that'll be kind of cool that is very cool because we have a killer tartan i'm sorry other tartans out there the ramsey tartan's kind of the best well there's two there's a red one and a blue one i know and I i'm know. gonna go with the blue one yeah well so. the blue is very attractive i must say 
All right. Well, my grown-up thing I like, uh, usually I my, my grown-up thing is kind of split into three different categories. I got my podcasts, I got my uh, cooking. And, and gardening. I, mm-hmm. And gardening. Oh, that's true. I'm going to say cooking slash gardening. They kind of like flip-flop with each other. And then I would say the movies that I watch when I'm trying to figure out what's going to win an Oscar. Um, the grown-up thing that I am not recommending this week is A Promising Young Woman. That movie's creepy. It's freaking creepy. I get what it's doing. Its methods are not great. Um, my Very rarely do my husband and I like get halfway through a movie and then be like, yeah, we're, we're really not enjoying this and we do not wish to continue. And we did with that one. So rather than that... Um, my, my actual grown-up thing that I do like, so you know how they, like, like the guys will come up to your door and they'll try to sell you, like, a subscription to, like, a magazine or something, and they're like, you know, and I, I always do it, because I'm like, what the hey, I don't really care about magazines, but, so I thought, oh, I'll get this uh, fine cooking magazine, I don't even know, I don't, I don't, I don't care, I don't read cooking magazines usually, I got it, I love it! I love it. There's always something I want to make in there. I've been making all sorts of crazy things, much to the chagrin of my children, who are not creative eaters. Sorry, kids, but it's fun, and I'm making cool stuff. So uh, Eat it or starve. Eat it or starve, <laughs> children. There are only two options. Yes, so my grown-up thing I like is random people who come to your door offering magazines. Woohoo! Okay. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. No, there's really no answer to that. I, 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 I cut it dead. I, actually, I was like, okay, and that's the thing I like. I actually phone. want a sign on my door that says, I don't want what you're selling unless it's Girl Scout cookies. Ah, that's it. I've never. Is that true? Have I never had a Girl Scout to my door? I think once I did. Once I had Girl Scouts come to my door, but almost never. And but, now I have know. a door and I want them all to come to my door. Please come. <laughs> please mine come to my workplace because i've got like the workplace person who's got the kids who are in girl scouts and they're like hey i'm selling girl scout cookies and they're like yeah well, they're always in front of the grocery stores anyway so easy to find them girl scout cookies please come to me okay fine girl scouts who are listening to the show please come to kate she will buy all your cookies just don't come to my backyard <laughs> no unless you want to die <laughs> only if you're a bird yes or a rabbit Oh, I am a bird. That's my well, name. There you go. Ugh. Okay. Well, on that note, then, uh, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. My. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse 8 Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our starter Drew is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.